Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, Before we jump into this show, I just want to let you know this episode is really timely. Jen and I had a great discussion on outlining cardiovascular updates for the year 2022 and beyond with a whole new mindset of how to be thinking about and be approaching and managing risk stratification for the number one killer of humans, heart disease, Um, completely moving away from the old way into the new way. I think you'll find it really useful. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel. I am joined, as always, by Jen Justice. Hello. Good morning, Jen. How are you? I'm really outstanding, actually. Glad to hear it. (laughs) I'm really excited about this episode. This episode is called uh, Cardiovascular Update 2022, New Way versus Old Way. And we continue to talk a lot about heart disease in our practice. Mm -hmm. Um, It shows up very often in our content. And I really thought it would be useful to put all of our thoughts together on one episode uh, and in one place where we can give a high level but still useful tactical piece of content for our listeners around the number one killer of humans. And so I'm excited to jump in. And this will be a three-part episode where we're going to kind of define heart disease Mm -hmm. and what I call the old way. The second part is going to be the new way um, and then some action steps. So quick, quickly defining heart disease. Heart disease is a term that a lot of people use. It's, we're all universally afraid of it, as we should be. It's the number one killer of human beings, kind of always has been, likely always will be, unless we have some profound breakthrough in behaviors, society, and science all at the same time. But essentially, heart disease at the highest level is, is a process of atherosclerosis, which is a hardening of arterial walls. Arterial walls are, are, are arteries that carry oxygenated blood to tissue, and it's the life source of being a human. Mm-hmm. So all tissue needs oxygen. Oxygen comes through blood, and blood travels through arteries. And when those arteries harden and they become enclosed uh, through atherosclerosis, eventually plaques can form, minimizing blood flow. And where it gets really, really scary is where these plaques are unstable mm-hmm. as they're forming. They can break off and fragments can go downstream and get lodged in smaller uh, arterioles and then stop all blood flow downstream um, and that tissue dies. If that happens in the heart, we call that a heart attack. If it happens in the brain, we call it a stroke. Mm -hmm. I think part of the challenge of the old way of looking at heart disease is that you either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. But the greater problem than that is the whole you either have a disease or you don't have a disease. And, and one of the things we talk about is the disease spectrum. All diseases exist on a spectrum. The question isn't, do, do you have this disease spectrum? The question should be, where on the spectrum are you? Right. Um, and uh, by taking a very defensive posture, which is our old way of heart disease, we wait until there are symptoms and then we do something about it. And the problem with that is that by the time there are symptoms, by definition, you've got advanced 
disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why, after all of the years, all of the science, all of the breakthrough, all of the knowledge, we still aren't any closer to solving the preventing heart disease ambition than we were 25, 30 years ago because we're taking a defensive posture. And we, you and I, and and a group of other like-minded healthcare providers, I believe, are taking a much different approach than this defensive-minded mindset when it comes to killers of human beings. And, and to be honest, without a fresh approach, you will be managed in a defensive mindset and it likely will lead to a non-ideal outcome when it comes to heart disease. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the new way. Okay. What, what, how, how would you describe the way we do it, which we're calling the new way? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, in, in our model as a concierge practice, we have a little more flexibility and freedom to order some of the things right. that we do for our members because we're not entirely bound by insurance constraints. So specifically uh, specialized lab work that's on our intake labs uh, that we look at for our members and some diagnostic testing, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute. So <clears throat> to, to your further or to your previous point, sometimes the old way is what it is because it's defined by those realities. That's right. <laughs> and so you may be limited by only getting those tests in the old way, yeah. such as a baseline EKG um, or a stress test if you're lucky, um, you know, some a basic lipid panel where they're just looking at total cholesterol. HDL. And screening you for symptoms. Yeah, and screening you for symptoms. Um, but I think where we take it to the next level is we look at it from more of an offensive standpoint, mm-hmm. which we talked about in the last podcast, which was one of my favorites, is being hunters of things that take people off the planet and looking at the root cause. And so one of the root causes of heart disease is actually metabolic disease. Mm-hmm. And so on the spectrum of, of heart disease, like you already alluded to, you don't wake up and uh, have diabetes. Like this right. has been a slow burn for a while. Um, and maybe you just weren't screened properly to know your risk factors. But All the of, signs were there yeah. if, if they would have been looked for right. and looked at. One of the, the biggest uh, risk factors for cardiovascular disease is actually insulin resistance. That's right. So if you think about it from a metabolic standpoint and reverse engineer that, some of the, the testing that we do and we look for is rooted in inflammation, in uh whether or not your body's processing insulin well, mm-hmm. uh, what is your triglyceride to HDL ratio? Mm-hmm. Is your body processing carbohydrates and uh, I, I, well at all? Where where is that extra carbohydrate going? Is it mm-hmm. you know turning into fat? Is it do you have fatty liver? Like all of these things, if we can eliminate the root cause and help you with that, then we lower your risk for heart disease. I think the other really big thing is your family history. So delving into did your parents have an early cardiovascular event? What does their cholesterol profile look like? If you know, mm-hmm. um, do they have high blood pressure? Mm-hmm. And when did that start to happen? Um, what is your stress like? What is your sleep like? Um, you know, measuring these things is really important. Uh, we use wearable tech to do that. That's right. Um, we go for an aggressive weight loss stance. We want to eliminate visceral fat at all costs. We have a special machine that is able to tell us what your visceral fat is. Um, and a lot of people don't 
know what that is, but it's that deep underlying fat around your organs. It's very pro-inflammatory. That's right. Puts you at a huge risk for heart disease. And uh, we just want to attack that at all costs. Um, so really, it's more of an offensive take on it. And you can kind of talk a little bit more about the specific tests and things that we look for in our members. But what I'm excited about for them and for everybody listening to this is nine times out of 10, they're very cheap things that you can ask for, mm -hmm. like inexpensive, even if you have to work around the insurance model. And if you know these numbers, you can make significant strides toward lowering your risk. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, um, look, it is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And um, a large contributor to the current state of things and the fact that we continue to play a defensive-minded medicine is that we have a sick care model. Yeah, We're not designed, it's not designed to make you healthy. It's designed to keep you sick but not die. Right. Like, I mean, that's just the reality of mm -hmm. it. And unless you're your sickness is bad enough to do something new, new treatment, new procedure, new drug, then you're being managed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a disease management system. We have the good fortune of being outside of that system um, and being able to actually do health care, care. Right. as opposed to sick care, mm -hmm. which is 100% of the insurance-based model. And look, it's better than nothing, but like my hope is that this message would be encouraging to those who want, demand, can afford a better way because there is a better way. Yeah. Um, and for those who can't um, budget a service like ours, which look, there's a lot of people who can't and I, I'm super sympathetic to that. But I wanna be able to equip you with mm -hmm. what to ask for. Many times if you ask for it in the right way, your, your provider can bill for it in a way that might get paid for. Mm -hmm. But even if it didn't, the, these are the spot tests that would be worth investing in your health. You cannot count on your insurance to have your best interest in mind. Their goals and your goals are not aligned. Right. They're yeah. just not. And, you know, if we were having this conversation five years from now and you had a cardiovascular event, I guarantee you would want to invest a couple hundred bucks to get this To test. know early. <laughs> right. To prevent yeah. bad outcomes. Yeah. And to see if there's still time on the spectrum to change the course. Mm -hmm. So this last section, I want to talk about the action steps that we need to be taking, that you need to be taking. And we're going to be providing um, kind of a cheat sheet in the show notes um, where we kind of outline all of these things, kind of an old way versus a new way. As we look at all diseases, there are only two categories. There are modifiable and non-modifiable. We've talked about this in a long um, and a lot of other content modifiable are things that you can actually modify. They mm -hmm. tend to be behaviors like, do you smoke? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have diabetes or do you have obesity? And, and are your lipid numbers all wonky? Is your diet off? Is your sleep? Those are modifiable. Non-modifiable are your genetics, your family history. I'm a man. I'm 47. I can't change that. Mm -hmm. Those are non-modifiable. Those have to just be managed, but we have to know about them. And when you look at the old or defensive mindset, when it look when you look at modifiable risk factors, you basically, in a, in in the old way, we're forced to ignore borderline. Right. We normalize early disease, mm -hmm. which is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Which is really the root of why we continue to have heart disease through the roof is that we've normalized early disease. Mm -hmm. Borderline is not a thing, folks. 
if you're borderline, you have early disease yeah. by definition. Um, and we, 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 so we normalize disease. We manage the disease rather than put forth effort to reverse it because that's where the incentivizations are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just screen for symptoms. And if you don't have symptoms and we're normalizing early disease, then we carry on and everything looks fine. This is how, hey, did you hear about John? Yeah, I heard he had a big heart attack. Crazy thing is the month before he went to his cardiologist, said he had a normal EKG and everything looked fine. How'd that happen? Mm-hmm. They weren't hunting. Right. In the new offensive mindset, the modifiable risk factors, as you've touched on, these disease spectrums, where's your fasting insulin? Where's your fasting glucose? Let's do a glucose tolerance test. Let's see if we've got any evidence of insulin resistance that your body is not, your, your metabolic engines are not working uh, well, so that we can help support, reverse, optimize. We have to r- r- really understand the wearable tech. We love glucose monitors, mm-hmm. um, profound amount of information mm-hmm. that can give you feedback on behavior and what my diet does to my blood sugars and what my sleep does to my blood sugars. And when I exercise, when I like all of these things are super valuable, but they require an offensive mindset. So we, I would tell you that from a modifiable risk factor, the number one thing you can do is get your head around where you are on the insulin sensitivity spectrum. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that is we look, um, we can grab wearable tech, a constant glucose monitor. Uh, your annual blood work should, and besides the basic CBC, CMP, hemoglobin A1C, basic fasting lipid, we need to add your LDL particle number mm-hmm. or as an alternative, you can look at your APOB. We need to know how many particle numbers of LDL you have, not just how much they weigh. We need to look at something called an LP little a. Mm-hmm. This is a profound, very, very significant, we won't dive into the significance of it, but it's one of the most important tests that very few people are getting, LP little a. Mm-hmm. You need to also be grabbing a fasting insulin, uh, potentially uh, a glucose tolerance test if, if you're really, really suspicious that there's um, some insulin resistance going on. And then what we have talked about in the past, an APOE genotype. Again, we won't dive into the, the significance of this, but we just, there'll be a cheat sheet or you can write this down, APOE as in echo. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a particular type of, a genotype of APOE called type four that we're uniquely interested in because that is an inheritable risk factor for early cardiovascular disease. In the non-modifiable bucket, again, we've got things like age, gender, family history, genetics. We, we typically don't, in the old defensive way, it's kind of like, oh yeah, you're a man who's 55. Like, no, that, that, that's a real non-modifiable risk factor. And the older you get, age is the number one risk factor for heart disease. The older you get, the more likely you're gonna get this disease of humans called atherosclerosis but we need to screen for early accelerators. But, you know, there's, we have a fair number of people that don't know their family history. Right, they're adopted. They're either adopted Mm -hmm. or they have lost touch with their biologic parents. So it's really unclear. Mm -hmm. We very clear on their modifiable risk factors, but thankfully we've got things like the APOE genotype. And if you have the means, you could do full genome sequencing at Mm -hmm. this point. Now it does take a couple thousand dollars typically to to get the full genomic sequencing, but that might be a really good one-time investment for you to get a real clear understanding, not just on heart disease risk, 
based on your genetics, but cancer and sensitivity to medications and, you know, early dementia and all these mm-hmm. kind of things. These things exist, but we're always screening. Mm-hmm. And we're always taking into consideration these non-modifiable because we're on offense. We understand that these things matter, especially if you can't do anything about them. Right. You really need to have eyes on the things you can't change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move into diagnostics. Um, so diagnostics on the old way, I've mentioned the blood work. I mean, basic, 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 you know, $50 worth of blood work. A yeah. CBC, a CMP, a hemoglobin A1C, and a basic fasting lipid panel. That's better than nothing. But you've got to be able to add the LDL particle number, the LP little a, the fasting insulin, the APOE genotype, and possibly some glucose tolerance testing. On the old way, from an imaging and testing, mm-hmm. you, you, there, there isn't even a recommendation for a baseline EKG. Right. Which blows my mind. Blows my mind. We get them on all of our members. How, how you would not want to document the baseline rhythm of a human is beyond my comprehension, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, if you're fortunate enough to have had a baseline EKG, that's really good. It's not really screening you for heart disease. It's just establishing a baseline. If you have symptoms or you're really, really high risk, but even without symptoms, you, you still may not even get a stress test, but, mm-hmm. but, but a stress test EKG, if you're super fortunate, that's what you've been getting in the old defensive mindset. In the new way, there are things that are far more advanced and far more accurate and far more um, meaningful. For example, a calcium score. Mm-hmm. How many lives have we saved oh. just getting a hundred dollar mm-hmm. CAT scan? I mean, I can count them on both hands. <laughs> we go in there screening for heart disease and we end up finding aneurysms and tumors. And I mean, of course, you never want to find these things, mm-hmm. but like you would like to know early. Yeah. But a calcium score, everybody over 50 should be getting a baseline calcium score. We get them in, in patients in, our fo- in their 40s based mm-hmm. on the risk factor. But this is something that you should get as a baseline and then serial every three, five, 10 years based on your score, your risk factor, et cetera. This is too easy. This is a layup mm-hmm. of something to do. I recently got one and it's 20 minutes. You're in yeah. and out. It's a low dose to radiation. Very um, low dose radiation. I think radiation. it was 50 bucks here in Nashville. It's but measuring it was... the calcium burden. Yeah of your coronary arteries, which are the arteries that feed your heart. And it's not perfect, but it is way useful Mm -hmm. when risk stratifying. If there's anything scary on the calcium score or your risk profile deems, there are new imaging, and we'll link to these, one called HeartFlow that we've been using Mm -hmm. for quite some time. And this is a very, very fancy computer-generated algorithm um, where we upload some incredible CAT scan images to the cloud and the, the algorithm overlays and reads the flow of blood through your coronaries and assigns a numeric um, value to how much blood flow there is to tell you if there's any blockages that are of any clinical significance. This is really useful. Mm-hmm. It's like a virtual heart cath. That's amazing. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now we've got an even newer technology. It's called Clearly, um, where it does something very similar to the heart flow, where it measures like a virtual cath, the you know, amount of blood flow, but it also tells you what the the makeup mm-hmm. of the heart plaque is, whether it's hard plaque or soft plaque. And hard plaque we know is much more stable. Think concrete like a rock. It's unlikely to fracture, rupture, and cause problems. It's just a hard artery. Hard arteries usually don't cause problems. It's the swollen, inflamed, soft plaque Mm -hmm. that is very metabolically active, very unstable, and high likelihood of rupturing Mm -hmm. 
and creating a stroke, heart attack, blood clot, these kinds of things. And so you can have all of this data on the table with an offensive mindset looking out on the horizon to, I mean, again, nobody wants to find these things, but if you got it, mm-hmm. you want to know early. Yeah. To make good decisions. Correct. <laughs> then you intervene. If you need a heart cath, you need a stent, maybe you need bypass. Don't wait until, well, poor Johnny, you know, had we known last year, we could have gone in there and put a stent in this mm-hmm. thing that took his life. Yeah. Or these three arteries were beyond repair. They needed to be bypassed. Let's go ahead and do that in advance. We can, it's just, it's a bespoke, more tailored approach. And we get to operate in this world that is lovely mm-hmm. and free of being bound by all of these rules. We just execute because our goals are aligned with our members. Yeah. If you don't have a practice like ours, you still have the power to ask for these things. Yeah. And you have a fair shot of at least getting them submitted to try to get paid for. But most of these things, with the exception of these fancy CAT scans, nothing in here is expensive. Right. We're talking uh, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks worth of labs. Mm-hmm. Not like I mean, this is not. Just ask for it. Yeah. Pay cash if they don't. Right. It's an investment in your future. So, I know that was a brain dump of like tons of it things. Was great. But I think if you can listen to this again, with the cheat sheet mm-hmm. in front of you. Really overlay this with you. What are your modifiable? What are your non-modifiable? What have you been getting and what looks okay? And where are you missing? Where are the holes in your risk stratification? You really need to know with more precision what your risk is for this disease that is the number one killer Mm -hmm. of humans. Yeah. We have to, at this point, take this extremely seriously. Unless you have no ambition of living a long time. (laughs) Right. Or having a quality of life for the years that you do have. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you're not motivated, totally do you. That's fine. Yeah. But if you have ambition to play the second half of life beyond 50 at a high level mm-hmm. with high vitality, minimal disease, high quality of life, and you don't have heart disease risk reduction n- way up at the tippy top. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. You will not win. You're likely not. I mean, some people can sprint across a highway and not get hit. Well, you know, we always hear about those 90-year-olds that smoked and drank and ate horribly and lived to be 90. And they're probably genetically disposed to do that. But not all of us are blessed in that way. (laughs) And so these are outliers. Yeah. You know, every kid who wears a hoodie from Silicon Valley doesn't have the next billion dollar company. Right. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. However, several billion dollar companies have come from, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that fit that kind of correlation. Mm -hmm. But when when you play the the laws of averages and we were talking about your life, Mm -hmm. you want to go where the data is, where the science is, where the precision is to give yourself the best odds of success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot on our podcast about finding your person, finding your team. And this is one of one. If I could give any advice to anybody, Mm -hmm. it's find your team that will help you obliterate or at least know your risk factors for this. Um, Amen. You know, if, if your primary care pushes back on ordering some of these blood tests, nine times out of 10, it's probably because they don't 
want to order them because or they're not familiar with them well yes or they just don't won't know what to do with the results when they get mm -hmm. them back so be your own hunter find somebody that knows about these things do do investigation if you have the the means to switch physicians or find somebody you know some of these tests that we talk about need the specialist of cardiology mm -hmm. we have great ones here in nashville that we lean on to help us with our members but we had to find them that's right moral of the story is find your team yeah this is just one more example and it just happens to be one of the top mm -hmm. one two or three subjects you yeah. know heart disease cancer dementia like I, those are like the three scariest things yeah. for anybody who wants to live a long time. This has got, you've got to have more clarity and certainty on what your risk is or isn't mm -hmm. as you march this thing out. Well, I hope this is useful. Um, I think we covered everything. I think we did. This was a good one. Any famous last words? You know, as we're talking, I just think of the last podcast with, because you brought up a, a great terminology of delaying rather than preventing. Mm -hmm. I always think, you know, we always get hammered from media about preventing heart disease. That's really unrealistic. We're yeah, and then when you end up with it, you feel like a failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really about delaying it as much as possible. If I'm 90 and, and I die from heart disease, but I die quickly from it, I've won the game. You win. If I'm 50 and I'm it's brewing and I don't do anything about it, I'm losing. So... For and by me. the way, every single 90-year-old on the planet has atherosclerosis. Yeah. Zero exceptions. Right. Some of them have heart disease. Some of them don't. Mm -hmm. And it, it matters. And, and if that doesn't make sense to you, go back to our last episode where we really dig into what that really means. Mm -hmm. This is just you want to be the 90-year-old with atherosclerosis and no heart disease. Yeah. And I also want to thank you, you know, Dr. Wenzel, as my colleague and physician for digging into this. I mean, I didn't know. There, I, I wasn't taught anything about these things in school, and uh, if I did, I clearly forgot them. <laughs> but working here and, and having you really dig into the science, which, you know, so, some of the science is 15, 10, 15 years old, and it just gets looked over. Um, but when you put all the pieces together, you're impacting lives, and that's I'm grateful for that. Well, you're very, very welcome. Um, I just care. Yeah. You know, and um, I wasn't trained either. Mm -hmm. And my observation was that people kept getting sicker and sicker. And all I was doing was holding their hand as they got sicker. And I had to do something different. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of physicians who share my conviction. Mm -hmm. I, I, I used to think I was alone in this. And in training, in a lot of ways, I was alone. But as I've been out on my own now, I'm starting to meet like-minded physicians who are going outside of the way the disease management sick care model to hunt for health for yeah. their for their patients. And if you're listening to this and, and you're not convinced that you have the right team, I, I promise you, wherever you are, there are physicians in your market who care. Yeah. And it may not be obvious. And I wish it was better. And I wish there was more of them. And I wish there was an easy way to identify them. And there may or may not be. But ask, hunt, own your own health. Be the CEO of your health. Oh, amen. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not fair. I wish it was better. It's not ideal. But at the end of the day, this is the only lap around the track you mm -hmm. get. That's right. And if you're not convinced you have the right team, hunt Yeah. for them. So, all right. I hope this was useful. Share it. Comment. Um, let us know. 
And uh, until we see you next time, take care. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.